Hi, I'm Emma Weiss, and this is Secret Society, where I teach you about society during the Great Depression. Although we frequently discuss other aspects of the Depression, we rarely see the details of how it affected minorities, women, and the arts. For today's episode, we're going to discuss the government's role in how the Depression affected Latinx Americans in our first segment. Then we're going to interview labor organizer and civil rights activists from the Depression. By 1930, 1.5 to 2 million Latinx Americans lived in the United States. Some had been there before Anglo-Americans, but most were immigrants or their children. Many came to the U.S. to avoid the Mexican Revolution in the 1910s, some from Puerto Rico after the Jones Act of 1917, settling primarily in NYC. Some Cubans, Dominicans, and Central and South Americans immigrated before the Depression, but most didn't until after World War II. In the 1910s and 20s, most Latinx Americans worked as a key part of mining, agriculture, and textile manufacturing, but had significantly lower pay and couldn't move up socioeconomically. In the Depression, Latinx Americans often saw their wages cut to less than half of what they were before, or they were fired and replaced by white people. Many women had to start working in poor conditions for low pay, which eventually sparked the Latina women's movement. Mutualistas, or mutual aid societies, and the Cruz Azul, Blue Cross, were two of many programs in which they worked to assist each other, but were unsuccessful in areas without strong middle-class Latinx communities like LA and New York had. Strikes were fairly successful and were used most notably by farm workers in California, conchellers in Texas, and steel workers in Illinois. Unemployment in Puerto Rico went, e- went up even faster, with programs helping white people but not Latinxes under citizens-only policies. These policies were often used to disguise racial discrimination as they were not viewed as citizens. Many moved in an attempt to find work, primarily into urban areas, joining other Latinxes and forming run-down barrios. Puerto Ricans went back t- after finding the mainland economy in ruins as well. Many agricultural workers moved into California for financial assistance. With their movement into California came the so-called repatriation drives. They started in LA where people of Mexican descent were sent from hospitals to Mexico. Later they were taken from anywhere, even outside California. About 60% of them were probably legal American citizens, forced out because there were no legal protections or due process. Neither Hoover nor FDR officially supported or denounced the raids, but Hoover's slogan, American Jobs for Real Americans, implied support. The idea behind them was that a one-way train ticket would be cheaper than welfare, but it ended up having a negative effect on economies. 450,000 people were forced to leave the U.S. between 1929 and 1937. City and county governments, or Federal Bureau of Immigration-sponsored deportations, were even more common than vigilante repatriation drives. 44,000 legal prosecutions and tens of thousands of deportations occurred in the 30s. The admission of Mexican citizens was cut from 38,980 to 2,627. Additionally, many were forced to leave for Mexico by racism and xenophobia because they couldn't find work, the threat of violence, or other reasons. Unfortunately, it was more difficult there, especially for Americans who had never been in Mexico before. 
At first, second and third generation Latinx citizens were opposed to immigrants, who they saw as the cause of the risk of being sent to Mexico, but later joined with them to fight the racism they both faced. The New Deal benefited Latinx Americans through social security, labor reform, and housing assistance. All funds distributed without immigration based on citizenship, <coughs> race, <coughs> but the Works Progress Administration did have citizens-only policies, and state governments failed to create or follow anti-discrimination policies. Hispanic arts revival and other programs helped Latinx Americans, but these skills could not sustain them through industrialization. Many programs, like construction projects, employed Latinx Americans who had experience in the areas, and about 100,000 Mexican nationals participated in the West. Also, Puerto Rico received insufficient relief. Now, we're going to travel back in time to speak with a historical figure. We're now joined by Luisa Moreno, a Guatemalan-American civil rights leader and labor activist. She was the first woman and first Latinx member of the Congress of Industrial Organizations Council, founder of the National Congress of Spanish-Speaking Peoples, and strike organizer for the United Cannery Agricultural Packing and Allied Workers of America. It's great to have you here. It's great to be here. So I'm sure everybody's wondering, what inspired you to be such a strong leader of these labor movements? Well, I was born in Guatemala, but spent most of my childhood in the U.S. before moving back as a teenager. I think through that I saw different sides of racism and economics. I first discovered my proclivity for activism and leadership when I worked towards women's hire education in Guatemala. I got an interest in labor movements back in the U.S. The depression began a year or two after I had been living in New York City. I worked as a seamstress in a garment factory, and during a strike, I was badly beaten by police. The factory had poor conditions and pay, but the work was, the work was my only way I could provide for my husband and daughter. I knew there were a lot of people, particularly Latinx people, who dealt with similar issues, and so I participated in more strikes and eventually started working with the American Federation of Labor, Unified Cannery, Agricultural Packing, and Allied Workers of America, and Congress of Industrial, Industrial Organizations. And what were some of your greatest contributions to labor movements and civil rights? Probably organizing 75% of the women working for California canneries for labor movements. And I have to say, forming the National Congress of Spanish-speaking peoples back in 1938 for civil rights. Wow, what are you working on now? I'm currently working with a group of Mexican-American teenagers accused of the murder of Jose Gallardo Diaz. The trial starts October 13th if you wanted to help report on it. The publicity would probably be good. Oh, yeah. Wait, what year was that trial again? I mean, uh, what? Um, uh, 1942? This year? Wait, you're from 
the future. That's so cool. What year? What's it like? They've stopped this whole deportation mess by then, haven't they? 2020. And uh, this is probably breaking some kind of time travel rules. But deportations are still pretty common. It's actually a really big political issue right now. I, Dios mío, displaced todo lo que he hecho, pero no, oh, no pueden simplemente permitir los inmigrantes go. y latinos Bye. vivir en los Estados Unidos. Thank you so much for listening. For sources and additional information, check out the bibliography in the show notes.